Well, now, socks pop, derived from the Latin, 157. It's been a month or so since we've had a Mothership podcast. Sorry to be away. I know you didn't miss me. My name is Brett Palantini, hosting this podcast as so many others, and we will be examining why that is, how that is, why it should be, why it could be, will it ever be again. During the course of this half hour, hour or so that we spend talking about the White Sox, catching up on what's been going on, because I think there's been stuff going on. I was off the continent. Don't blame me or credit me or don't credit me. I'm back and things have gotten worse again. So, oh, trust me, I'll be happy maybe to exit stage left. So you won't have me to kick around that much longer if things proceed the way they're proceeding. Well, hey, um, we got good news and within minutes, bad news came and that good news came in the form of, I don't know, Tony La Russa was back and now Chris Getz is going to run the White Sox and some crazy ass like Bible beaten uh, a jag bag from, from the Kansas City Royals is going to be like the senior advisor because Lord knows you can't just let a GM be a GM. He has to have like a little, he has to have a, like a little father figure in the front office with him uh, and it's all sickening. Uh, it made me not want to do this podcast until I saw all of these friendly, familiar, familial faces here with me on this podcast, including California. I, I don't know if we can call him Super Joe anymore. I don't know when the last time he won like a Sox math was, but do they even do Sox math anymore? Who cares? Uh, it's California Joe Reeses, Melissa Sage, Bolenbach, uh, along with Crystal O'Keefe, uh, carrying a lot of the load while I was off wherever I was not caring about the white sex and boy, I wish I could be in that place right now. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, Ryan with us as well, probably up in the cuss factor, but representing the Seattle Mariners as we all wish we could and undetermined vibes. Uh, Jackie Crestel, probably bad vibes, Jackie Crestel, but I'll let her speak up for herself. And of course, joining us just as we, we start to crack into this podcast it is Malachi Hayes bringing his sense of vibes, which probably also won't be terribly good. Uh, okay, um, before I turn it over and never talk again on one of these podcasts, um, let's just catch up on the White Sox. They cannot have a winning season. No shocker there. But did you think it would be impossible for them to have a winning season in 2023 in August? I bet you didn't. Uh, certainly not when the season started. You didn't think that, but yes, it's still August and the White Sox cannot have a winning season. And right now the real question is, will they lose a hundred games? Will they be as bad as a 2018 team, a very different stage of White Sox history, apparently climbing toward contention and that con so-called contention window in 2018 White Sox will need to go 10 and 18 to avoid that 2018 fate become, I believe, tied for the sixth worst team in franchise history. I think that's roughly what it is. 10 and 18, and they will only lose 99 games. Not that we care about that. Is anybody even paying attention to games anymore? I guess we have to. Um, we write a site called Southside Sox, so I guess we have to. Uh, all right. Uh, I got thoughts, but I've talked long enough. I've introduced my five very best friends in the whole wide world. I've missed them. So, so um, you know, Jackie, I'm going to call on you first because you actually uh, betrayed where you're feeling today. And it sounds to me like you go from being furious to uh, indifferent or ambivalent. And I believe today was sort of an ambivalent type of day. Uh, so kick us off 
How are you feeling these days, Jackie? Uh, not great, Brett. Not great. Um, so I, I do, I oscillate between just being furious at how the organization is run and decisions that are made that don't make sense to me and, um, apathy because, you know, there's, and that's where I am today. I'm at, I'm at, I'm apathetic just because there's nothing I can do to change it. And um, the White Sox are going to continue to White Sox as long as the current regime is reigning. And um, Jerry's going to do what Jerry's always done and will continue to do. So it's, it's just very, um, you know what? I take it back. Maybe not apathetic, a little, a little touch of the depression as well. Like, man, this sucks. Like one thing that, you know, is supposedly supposed to bring us some joy in our lives, right? Sports. And um, I can't even enjoy that um, because the organization is just so laughably incompetent. Um, it would be funny if I wasn't a White Sox fan. It would be very funny, but it's I am and it's not. And it, what hurts, I think all of us, I think all of us like more than just baseball, but I think I speak for the other five here and that baseball is the primary sport. The White Sox would be first love. It is the case for me. There's a time maybe the, the Bulls and the Sox were maybe equal. Way back in the day, I was a shuffling crew kid. So I was, you know, I, I loved Walter Payton, but that, you know, then I grew up and I realized it's football. <laughs> Leave that behind, buddy. But I mean, I think we all are, I mean, if not our first sport, I mean, it's, it's right up there. So that part hurts too. We're not just talking about, you know, the, the the bears, I mean, or whatever, um, that makes I, it a little bit extra hard too. I, I've said this before, but I think I can confidently speak for most, if not all of us here on the panel, if not most of all White Sox fans, where our love for the Chicago White Sox is an unrequited love. It's not returned. <laughs> yeah. And they're proving it every day. And the middle fingers are just, well, I'll talk again later, but, uh, other vibe checks from uh, the other four of you. Where yet? I don't like. I've had one foot out the door all all summer. Like honestly, I think I predicted uh, like seventy eight wins, and they're not even going to get to seventy eight wins. I don't think. Like uh, I was, I was saying in jest that Chris Getz would get promoted, but I thought that would be under the umbrella of Han and, and KW. But like not as the sole decision maker, um, somebody who was like woefully unqualified, even amongst White Sox people, like woefully underqualified. So I'm like, it's hard for me to actually like have any kind of serious reaction other than just like, eh. because it's it's just been so bad, and I you can't. It's 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 hard to believe that they would they would have done anything else. So, so like getting the news, like it's probably going to happen tomorrow is really just kind of like, well, it felt inevitable. So, I mean, I might as well just like cut the cord and embrace a better team and just like live, you know, five blocks from the stadium, completely ignoring them. If I didn't cover the team, I, I, I don't know. Like I watched the first game in a couple of weeks today because I was doing a recap, like, it, it it was awful. I'm I'm just like I'm ambivalent. It's it's I'm truly at that point. Thirty years of fandom. I'm just ambivalent because 
it's just the way they do things and i just yeah. i just don't have the energy to be pissed about it anymore yeah. like yeah. well life ryan, is short. ryan sorry i did this to you Sorry, sorry, I invited you and I did this to you. Now you're yoked with it, uh, at least for another few weeks. And I really, I am, I am, I am here of I didn't my see own volition. So, so like, yes, thank you for taking some ownership of that. Rip. But I also said, <laughs> I said, yes, you know, you did, you, you asked, did, you asked me a trepidation, and then I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna dive right in, and here I am, like, yeah. um, dear God, it's my own fault too, so I can't blame anybody but, but myself, yeah. All right. Speaking of blaming yourselves, uh, all right, I got three more of you to <laughs> share some feelings. Where you at? Oh, okay. So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, Joe. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I kind of oscillate between apathy and laughing at the team now. Um, I haven't really gotten overly angry or sad in a little while. Um, the laughing is a little bit therapeutic. Um, I think this, if it, this Chris gets um, rumor is in fact true, then it is a, it's a, it's yet another thing that is worth laughing at, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, there's, I, I just don't think he's really done anything of substance that would lead me to believe that he is qualified for a job as highly ranked as general manager of a major league baseball team. He's struggling with the job that he's currently in because, you know, the development on the farm has been poor throughout the entire time he's been there. I mean, the only time, you know, the, the farm system has been even decent throughout his time as farm director is, you know, when they've traded a bunch of current talent for future talent and they got other organizations products who were pretty close to finished at that point um, to inflate their farm ranking. And I mean, he was a below average, slightly above replacement level player as a major leaguer. Um, Maybe he'd be, he'd do a good job as like a, some sort of coach, but certainly not general manager. I mean, the, the baseball thing that I think, he's probably best at would be like pick for a White Sox Royals square on immaculate grid. He'd probably be a very good percentage. I mean, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to see them doing well uh, with, with Chris Getz as general manager. I mean, I mean, we're, he's probably a step down from Han even, which I mean, that's, that's incredible that I'm saying that like they got rid of Han and are somehow possibly getting someone worse for the, for the position, you know, without even really trying to search for anyone. I mean, that's, yeah, it's just, like I said, it's laughable behavior, not a serious organization. Joe step back. He orchestrated dozen. He told a secretary to buy dozens of bus tickets from North Carolina to Birmingham so that they all could gather together and get right into games and playing games, real confidence booster. And then he even had the cool project Birmingham name. Oh, you are really cheating. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Like, woo, woo. We're all going to applaud project Birmingham. What came of that? 
Yeah, well, they're all back there now. Uh, okay, um, uh, we welcome in uh, Brian O'Neill as well. Brian, we were just uh, doing a little bit of gut check. We got Melissa still to hear from Maliki and Brian. Just sort of <laughs> where you at? Talk about a leading question. Hey, where are the rest of you at? I'll jump in. Um, so Jackie kind of touched on it for me. So I'm at the point where I'm like going out to dinner with girlfriends tonight and on my drive there, I'm like thinking about this, like seriously, like where am I at with the White Sox? I'm like, I'm going to do something fun. Why am I thinking about this? Um, but like sad is actually like where I was at with it because I feel like for a lot of us, the White Sox are ingrained in who we are because from you know, the earliest memories that we have until now in adulthood, we have these connections of so many different layers, like grandparents who are maybe are no longer here or parents and now our own children. And, and so it just has tied into our lives in so many ways that like me seriously thinking about, you know, of course I've joked, like I'm going to get on the, you know, well, angels bandwagon can't do that now. Cause they totally gave up too, but like, I'm going to get on the bandwagon of like another team and why I could like sit and watch it and be interested in it. It doesn't feel the same. And I can't like, I just really struggle with, like, I can't, it's like a, being in a bad relationship. Like I, it, it treats me terrible. I get no love in return, like Jackie said, but I also can't see myself like completely walking away. And, and that's a really a yucky kind of feeling. Like it's something that I've been so passionate about and it's been such a big part of my life, but now it's like imploding. And I'm at the space of like, I, I just don't even know what to do. So that's where I'm at. Well, again, Melissa, apologies. It's been about a year now. I'm sorry to extend the invitation. I love having you, but the guilt I'm feeling is enormous. I am so sorry that you're here as part of this with enormous responsibilities with the site. But thank you for, at the same time for sharing the burden because otherwise I would be dead. So like, it's the people we meet along the way too. Like Sox fans are so awesome. Like our whole staff, like, you know, I, my, from one of the friends at, at dinner tonight is like, so how she doesn't watch baseball or anything. So she's like, so how are the Sox doing? I'm like, they're horrible. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's because the people are so cool. Like whether it's the, our staff or the people on Facebook or, you know, the, our different social medias, like Sox fans are so, most of them, the ones that don't shoot themselves are really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go in some sort of attendance order. Uh, Maliki Hayes, I need to hear from you um, where you're at. Yeah, I'm kind of with uh, you two, Melissa and uh, Jackie, on the apathy a little bit. I feel a little bit, <coughs> excuse me, I feel a little bit fortunate in some ways uh, that the 20, the White Sox of the 2010s before this crash taught me uh, to love baseball without a good White Sox team. Uh, so I feel fortunate that I'm, you know, just kind of going back into that checkout mode of, uh, you know, the White Sox aren't really relevant to the the good baseball players and teams that I'm uh, keeping tabs on. But yeah, to the point that all you guys have also said, I mean, it's just sad. Chicago is fun when sports teams are good. People are fun when the teams they're fans of are good and there's something to talk about and you can partake in that joy together. And just knowing that there is very little hope of of catching that with each other over the next few years is is 
nothing short of depressing other interests in baseball aside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Brian. Fine. Where are you at? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, no, it's one of those, you know, um, I was thinking about this today. Like it's one of those, I mean, I'm with everyone. It's frustrating. It's maddening. And it's kind of like, you know, when you're walking the lakefront path and you see a car turning on there because it thinks it's a street and you're looking at it and you're like, this dude's not going to do that. He's not going to make this dumb decision. That's going to. What are we doing, buddy? What are we doing? Yeah, and then you're like, okay, he's not going to do it. And then they do it, and there's nothing you can do. The car, you can't stop the car. You have no control over this, and it's really frustrating. And that's how I kind of feel as a Sox fan. Like they're going to hire, they're going to promote Chris Getz tomorrow. Who I don't know. Maybe he's a decent dude. Loves dogs. I have no idea. We all know he's well. You know, this is not the job for him. And it's like there's nothing any of us can do. We could march down the 35th Street, 30,000 strong, and it wouldn't change anything. And that's just maddening. It's a maddening part about being a sports fan. And um, But, yeah, everyone else had a surprise. You know, we're still going to follow this team. I can't give them up. Got 43 years of sunk cost fallacy. I'm going to keep that. Keep <laughs> that up. There's a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> sunk cost. That's the Jerry Reinsdorf era in a nutshell and pretty much everything. 40 years of sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> Every yeah. respect. Um, all right. Um, we're going to take a break, but not yet. I'm going to read some copy. Hey, uh, we have an opportunity with Fans First Sports Network. Speaking of other sports you might be interested in, I'm not, but don't let my opinion about the National Football League sway you here. Attention sports fans. Are you a fan of an NFL team? Would you love to attend your favorite team's week one game? Week one, it's coming up. You're in luck. Fans for Sports Network is giving away four, four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to $5,000. Are those Bears tickets $5,000? I hope not. Some team charges $5,000 for week one. And if you like that team, you're going to get those tickets. Cost doesn't matter to fans for Sports Network. They want you to win this contest. Okay, the rules to enter are simple. So simple. Go to contest.fansfirstsports.com. That's contest.fansfirstsports.com. And fill out the appropriate information. That's nothing important. Name, whatever. That's it. Once you've done that, you've been officially registered to win the four free tickets. Four. Four free tickets to any week one NFL game. Not week two, not week 10. This is week one when it's still hot and you still care. So what are you waiting for? Go enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action. The contest ends on September 4th. So go enter before September 4th because then you're going to lose. You're going to be mad at me. And I don't need you yelling. At, I got enough people yelling at me. Don't yell at me about some NFL contest. Anyhow, Fans First Sports Network, they're awesome. They keep us going. They're our network. We're the prime baseball show. We're the prime sports show on Fans First. Don't look up the numbers. The metrics aren't going to tell you that. The metrics are going to tell you that nobody cares about Sox Populi. Well, they're wrong. Sox Populi rocks the fans first sports network so the the least we can do is promote this 
four free tickets to a week one NFL game. So go ahead. I, obviously, I'm going to lose all uh, all of my guests here because they right now are typing in contest.fansfirstsports.com to enter because they want four tickets to an NFL game. I don't know where they're going. Bears, are they going? I don't know. Uh, but they, they want... They want NFL. I don't want them. I'll enter, but if I win, I'm going to give them, you know, I'll give them to one of these fine people here because they've been with me on this site and suffered for so very long. Anyhow, uh, enter that contest. Uh, We're going to take a commercial break later on. Uh, So let's jump into something else to talk about. And it is a, well, it touches on, I think, a lot of what uh, each of you said, certainly what Brian just said. This whole notion that this is in our bloodstream, that this is our team, that we can't say no to them. And I'm going to challenge that notion because I'll be honest with you, uh, I'm not so sure about myself. And I am the tenured White Sox fan here. You wouldn't know it by looking at us, but I've got Melissa by just mere years (laughs) <laughs> You'd look at her and say, "But that's like a couple decades, that kid." But no, actually, she's she's almost been a White Sox fan as long as I've been. So I'm interested to know what her feelings about this are as well. But I have to say, we have suffered wound after wound. Malachi made reference to the fact, and 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 younger fans such as himself who might barely have a bare barely have a notion of a World Series win or even a playoff prior to 2021, whatever we want to call those. Uh, Maybe that's an advantage because your expectations have been so lowered. Uh, I've said this on podcasts in the past, probably not this year because it's been an ugly, ugly year. But this isn't the way the White Sox have traditionally been. Uh, You can't beat your chest and brag. Okay, you're not a Yankees fan if you're a White Sox fan. Okay, I get it. But this is not what the White Sox are. This 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 embarrassment of errors, this just utter embarrassment. The fact that now we may want to hide the fact that there are White Sox, we are White Sox fans. This isn't what it's been traditionally. Uh, this year, the Han era has changed things, and now we are a laughing stock. And there is no laughing stock greater than the White Sox. And the decision being made what seems to be likely on Thursday or that's coming around the corner is uh, setting it in concrete in a way that even the Tony LaRusa hire, I'd argue, wasn't. Uh, and some of the other things that have happened, uh, the, even the Pedro Grafal uh, continuing to employ Rick Hahn, let's say, uh, even the uh, redacted signing. Um, you could say it's a year. I think all of us figured he'd flame out. He started Poorly. It didn't seem like he would last the season. It certainly didn't seem like he would have the second best war on the Chicago White Sox in 2023. Uh, this is a direct middle finger. I would argue more so than any of these other middle fingers. Tony LaRouche could still say, all right, he's in the Hall of Fame. What damage can he do? And let's face it, at this point, I'm not even sure if the criticism for Tony LaRouche sticks the way it once did because he did win 93 games. I don't know how much of a role he played in that. He wasn't falling asleep in the dugout that year. Whatever. I do not know that my fandom can cross the transom of hiring Chris Getz and Dayton fucking Moore. I do not think I can do it. I'm going to try. I'm going to think it over. No decisions are being made yet. But I don't know if my, my fandom can last. I am curious to know 
as the subhead on this podcast, the first one in a month, is decision time. For me, it is decision time. I don't think I'm the only one. I think Ryan has already acknowledged his decision, or their decision may already be made. Uh, and that's challenging. We don't want to be in this position. I'm curious to know, are, are, you, are you approaching the edge of the cliff? Uh, any, any of you here, are you already free falling? Uh, is there ever an edge for you? Because some of you may not. Some of you, it may be so much in the blood uh, that you will never reject the White Sox. They could do anything and you would never reject them. I can tell you as an 18-year-old kid or whatever, when they were going to move to Florida, I said, good riddance. Now, that's maybe the foolishness of youth. I don't know. I was ready to sever my fandom there, and I probably just wouldn't have been much of a baseball fan going forward. Well, I'm in a lot deeper now. And I don't think I'm going to pick another team. I can't jump to the Mariners or the Brewers. Uh, but I can seriously re-examine whether I can continue doing this now that there's a ramp up to just, Brett, we could give a damn about you. And at some point, it's too much. And right now, I feel it on my back. And I do not know that I'm going to be able to carry it any longer. I'm curious to know where the six of you are with it. I guess we do have Ryan's answer, but of course you can, you're welcome to throw in Ryan as well. Uh, where are you feeling about I'll, the White Sox? I'll jump in because you, you name dropped me. I, I'll jump in and, and expound. Um, I mean, I'm wearing this Mariners hat because they've rekindled the childhood love. Like Ken Griffey Jr. was my second favorite player growing up. Sure. And those sure. 90s teams were second only to my Sox. But like, I've been a White Sox fan since the 1992. I'm 46 years old, believe it or not. Like, that's most of my life that I've been a fan of this sorry-ass franchise. And, like, the 94 strike, I was in high school. Like, that almost broke my baseball fandom. I didn't watch baseball until the 2000 White Sox <laughs> reignited that. Of course, sadly, the Mariners did them in. Yeah. Um, like, we had 2005 a few short years later, and that, like, that solidified – my lifelong White Sox fandom. And like, even the 2010s, you still had some kind of hope. Like even Robin freaking Ventura, you still had some kind of hope. Like they launched a rebuild. You still had some kind of hope. Tony La Russa was, was a gut punch. Like it was like a, a knife wound and they just stuck there, but there was still hope there because there was young talent. We might've been going somewhere. Pedro Gafal, what the hell was what is that dude? And this Chris gets, maybe I can survive. Chris gets Dayton Moore is a deal breaker. Like no questions asked. If they, if, if they announce tomorrow that Dayton Moore has any official capacity, it, like I'm done. I can't like, I guess is bad enough with, with his endorsement of Omar Vizquel's shenanigans in the minor leagues. Like, no, this Dear God, if Dayton Moore and Chris gets, I'm the White Sox are always going to be in my blood. Like they're ingrained on me as part of my life. But if seriously, if, if I weren't covering this team, I, I I would be done watching. Like I am, I am, at, I am over that precipice at this point. My apathy would just take over, and I would only go to watch opposition teams play. Like. Okay. I'm apologizing again. Uh, the, the rest of you, uh, 
Uh, where yeah, because I'm shit for my own actions, Brett. But yeah, thank okay. you. All right, I, and again, because I mean, this this is a this is a big this is a big goal for me personally to cross. Ryan's thrown in, and I think we're sort of in the same place. We don't agree on South Side, but we agree on this. Uh, the rest of you, I, I, I'm curious to know if maybe there's um, any greater uh, hope if the pilot light is still well lit for for any of you. So, I mean, just in general, as um, as a life philosophy, I try to look on the bright side of things because the world is pretty dark on its own and I don't need to add to that. Um, and so I'm not quite where you are, Brett. I'm not quite there. Um, I still have foolish, probably foolish hope that um, things are darkest before dawn. And like maybe there's still something that um, can can turn things around. But if Chris Getz does indeed get hired tomorrow, as it's reported, like it, it's going to be pretty damn dark. <laughs> um, and just, uh, you know, a, a slap in the face to anyone who has um, been a victim of or a survivor of um, sexual assault or sexual harassment. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to admit that like the thing that you love doesn't love you back. <laughs> Um, but, um, I mean, good on you that you're like far enough in your like, you know, um, hierarchy of needs that you can like, cause I still have cognitive dissonance that I'm, I'm going to explain away for a while. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I have tried in the past to like not care about the team, but I can't fully not care about the team. Um, I, I will always. Um, I mean, there's been other things in my life that I left behind too. And I always say like, I still always root for them to get it right. They never do, but I'm always rooting for them to get it right. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm not there where I'm going to completely desert the team, but, and plus, um, as uh, Melissa alluded to earlier, like within our staff in our, um, our White Sox friends, I mean, I went to the game on Friday. It was not to watch, um, Michael <laughs> Opec and the Chicago White Sox lose 12 to four. It was to see my friends. Um, and this is what me and my friends do. Um, so I, I don't know that I'm quite there, Brett, but I, I do appreciate your, your stance on that. I, I get it. I get well, it. And let me make it clear. The only reason I've been, I mean, forget even reaching this because we are, I mean, I think we can agree. We're at, we're closer to the edge of the cliff than we've ever been in our Sox fandom, no matter how long we've been, you know, fans. I don't remember 1970. So, I mean, I, okay, I wasn't on the, or when they're about to move or however many different times they've been about to move. Uh, I'd probably have ditched this before reaching the edge of this cliff right now, uh, if not for all the wonderful people uh, who I'm working with. Uh, and I mean, I think we all, <clears throat> you know, we, we all reflect that, you know, ad nauseum, you know, we all love each other and that's, you know, and that's, and that's wonderful. And, and that's, that's why I'm still here. That's why I'm even struggling with it now and I think we're probably all in, in that place as well. The other, the other thing that I want to mention too, is that even though um, things seem really dark right now and like, okay, you might hate the Chicago White Sox, but you're not going to hate baseball. Baseball is still there. Um, so. Yeah. To, this is a test. A Bulls game, you know? And yeah. Yeah. This is a test. Oh no, you can't, you can't not love the sport. You're right. But mm -hmm. 
Major League Baseball, Chicago White Sox Baseball Challenging. All right. Uh, let me see the microphone here. Uh, uh, vibe check. We got, Okay, we got good vibes. Oh, those vibes are really being challenged right now. Uh, uh, the rest of you, more more confidence? Is, the, is, there, is there a sunrise to come or is it looking sort of dark the way uh, Ryan and I, and I are, are seeing it? So, so Jerry's not going to live forever. I mean, there's the plus. We are all a lot younger. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it, Melissa, but all right. I mean, come on, Brad. We, we are in our 50s and these guys are all younger than we are. So, he, he can't, I mean, he's not a vampire. So, like, at some point. Not convinced. Right? <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah, I just have to be realistic about that and think, yeah, like nothing is forever. And he, yes, at some point that tide will turn and will change. And so if I need to, I mean, I love, I, uh, despite having to write about terrible baseball, I still love this. So like I, to still do this, but I don't have to like be super invested. Like I can kind of like take a step back and, and like wait at the edge of the cliff and kind of like wait oh, for things. Yeah. And yeah. So like no, cheer, no cheering in the press box. They're making it easy for you not to cheer in the press box. That's for sure. <laughs> and I mean, we survived the eighties. Like we didn't know the ugly stuff uh, behind the curtain because we're kind of young, you know, mm. I feel like we, you know, and the, the media was different then and things like that. I bet there was some ugly stuff going on then too that we didn't know about. And they were really bad sans 1983. I mean, they were really, really bad. So I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to jump. I'm not going to jump. You're, you are trying, Melissa. I'm giving you credit here. You are really trying. I am not following you, but you are trying. And I, I you know, I, I love you for that. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, this cannot compare to the 1980s under any circumstances. And yes, that comes with the youthful exuberance of just not caring about the business side of baseball and Hey, the 1983 team won 99 games, but I, I appreciate I appreciate that stance. I do, I respect it, and I believe me. I wish I could. I, you know, listen. I'll have some of what some of you are having because I I, I want to get there. But right now, I am not there, and I'm just fair warning. This is this is an ugly place, a dark place for me. Um, Maliki, Joe, Brian. Um, you know, again, I'm sorry that the question's always vibe check, but uh, you know, where are you at specifically with um, staring into the abyss that is Chicago White Sox baseball 2024? Staring into the abyss. I personally feel this kind of will to resist the urge to check out because I think of why I'm a White Sox fan and I think of all of the best memories I've had with the White Sox and the thing that I enjoy about the team and not just the team, but the culture and everything surrounded that we've talked about. And none of that has anything to do with Jerry Reinsdorf or any of these fuckos who are making this a terrible time for us. There was, you know, to your point, Melissa, there was there was a time before Jerry. There will be a time after Jerry. Who's to say uh, what it's going to look like? But I feel a really strong desire to not let what these mm. jerks have done to this mm. thing that we love define that thing and drive me and drive us away from it. That's my... That that is my the the thing that's eating away at me, I suppose, is that it's it's hard to, you know, you don't have to be I'm not gonna be particularly proud to be a White Sox fan. I'm not gonna be shouting it from the rooftops, especially if this hire goes through and as we expect, you know, nobody's gonna 
push push Chris Chris Getz on the the decisions he's made and the things he said with regards to people like Omar Vizquel and um, and things like that. And it's not going to make any of us feel good. Uh, and I'm not going to go yay White Sox screaming that from the rooftops. I'm not going to do that a lot in the coming years for sure. Um, but I can't take that that part out of me, and I'm not going to let them take that away from me when it is so much more than them, you know? He owns the team, but it doesn't belong to them. I'll put it that way. Malachi Hell says, yeah, Malachi. Malachi. He says, okay. I'll, show, I'll show him. Double down. I like it, Hayes. I mean, I appreciate the spirit, guys. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. But uh, Ryan, Joe, where you at? Um, I'll jump in. I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, I could have gone either way, but I think. Uh, <laughs> You're rallying now? We talked yeah. about this. We talked about this. <laughs> Go, Ryan. You know, honestly, like, and I don't want to get too uh, personal here, but like, you know, my, my old man was Southside Irish and he raised us on the White Sox in Notre Dame. And like, I hate Notre Dame but I <laughs> forever. And like, it, you know, the, the, patriarchy behind there just the hierarchy the cover-ups the boosters like it took me forever to be like no this is everything i absolutely hate in life and i still i feel a loss with it even though like i loathe them i loathe they're like literally everything i hate about sports um but i still think of it like it feels like part of me is gone and i don't think i don't think i could do that with the white Sox. and i love what malachi said like jerry can't do that to us like Notre Dame is inherently corrupt and awful. Like you can't, you can't salvage that, but like the White Sox don't belong to Jerry. I love what you said. I love that. Yeah. We have this community. We have these people. We have something that's much bigger than whatever, you know, rich guy is going to own it now or is going to own it later. Like that's, that's good. I mean, I think my fandom, it's not going to wane. It might fade into the background. Like it has with the bears for so long where it's not this kind of omnipresent obsession, um, but it's not going to go away. Like I will be, I will be paying attention to every game, just won't let it eat me up the way it did. And maybe that's just a product of aging. Maybe that's just a product of maturity is not quite the right word, but uh, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I think it, it can't go away. Like I just, I, I know it can't. It, even if I were to try to hack off the limb, like it would still itch all the time. You know what this is like? This is like in the Grinch when he tries to steal Christmas, but the Who's all still like <laughs> keep singing. So Brett's the Grinch. <laughs> no, Jerry Reinsdorf right. is the Grinch. <laughs> um, no, this is heartwarming. Let's keep it up. It I don't know. Jag, if you jag bags drag me back into this, I will never forgive you. Uh, Joe? Back. Hey, where you at, youngster? California Joe, where you at? You, you, hey, you, you sprung out of the, you just left the Indianapolis field office behind. I think he probably left. I think Crystal had to clear out the fridge. Um, mm. Joe, you got some answering to do. Yes. Uh, but, you know, he just left it behind like nothing. Uh, so this is an opportunity for a, a, a clean break, buddy. Um, where are you at with your fandom? Yeah, a, a front office led by Getz and more. It would be hard to see oh, where God. the ray of sunshine would be. I, I will absolutely acknowledge that. Um, and it would be wildly frustrating, of course, to have them, you know, a, a duo be a step down from Han and Williams, which is what that would probably be. Um, and 
Similarly, I, I will address that it is uh, another negative thought is it is possible that the next it's kind of hard to see, but it is possible that the, that the next owner could be worse than Reinsdorf. It is possible. It can get worse. <laughs> um, but, you know, in, in spite of that, I don't see myself leaving the fandom um, in the foreseeable future. Like it's. I feel like ultimately I've had a lot of good memories over the years and I, it feels like something where like, it, it's, it's hard to see right now, but you know, baseball is hard to predict. You never know when the next magical season will come. And, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, this, this kind of reminding myself of like yeah, my Cub fan friends before, like when the Cubs were like bad before they won the world series, like in the early 2010s and they were like, Oh, just wait till next year, you know? Um, but, you know, I, I think I think that's kind of what I've become of like, you know, the slightly delusional hope of the next good thing, even though it's probably not going to be soon. Um, I think that's that will keep me around for the foreseeable future. Let's take a quick break and come back. Uh, Fans for Sports Network, they're not just giving away tickets. They're selling you some stuff. I don't know what they're going to try and sell you here during this minute or two break but i guarantee you it's going to be good stuff uh, unless it's gambling you can skip the gambling but you still got to listen so please hang with us i'm sh- there's going to be good stuff at the end of this podcast i can't swear fealty back to the white Sox quite yet but who knows maybe there'll some be some payoff here at the end of the podcast hang with us for a minute and while i still have power and uh we'll be back to wrap up this podcast Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Ballantini, bet you never see me, thought you'd see me again, hear from me again. Well, I'm back, Sox Pop 157. Decision time. We've been talking about our decision, decision about where we take our fandom, how disgusted we are with the team, how depressed we are, how much we love each other, how much we hate the team, how much we love the team. I don't know, football, some stuff. We've been talking about some stuff. I want to bring up an aspect of fandom that I think is inherent in White Sox uh, fans. I make a big deal with uh, crosstown play. Some folks are over it. Some folks even write columns about how we shouldn't hate the Cubs anymore. I'm not really pointing anybody here, but um, I hate them. I want them to suffer. I mean, I'm sort of past it. We want a World Series, but I... Apparently, I'm not past it because I'm talking about the Cubs on a White Sox podcast. Shame on me. I'm a fool. Uh, but one thing I think is different from the lovable losers and from the urinal troughs and from the um, the, uh, the, mall, mall, the mall, it's a mall now, the mall, uh, is we're real people. We're real fans. We're baseball fans. One of the things inherent in being a White Sox fan has been to rally and defend the White Sox. Uh, when Paul Sullivan scurries his little stubby legs down into uh, the crowd at Sox Park when there's a fight to snap photos. I want to be the first person there saying, what kind of jag bag are you pulling these kind of stunts? No cheering in the press box for the White Sox. Also, how about not so actively against? Uh, Recently, you know, know, Sullivan... Took like a minute before going up to 167 and talking to those fans. And I want to, and I want to jump and say, I, what, what can I say? I have to actually be on the guy's side because these are stories that need to be told. This, this organization needs to be depanced. Uh, uh, Passon, 
uh, after the the gun in the skin folds, whatever hell story came out today, you know, his comment was like, oh, you know, like the, I don't know, the biggest hit of the eye was something, you know, snarky and unfortunately appropriate. I want to jump, defend my team. I'm not like a gang warfare guy, but I I do think something inherent in White Sox fandom is being willing to defend your team, defend your tribe, defend your family. The White Sox have stolen that from me now. What in the world could you do to defend this team right now? And I hate that's been taken from me. Sorry if I'm making this out into some sort of weird street fighting thing, but I would say that's something more inherent in our fandom than it might be in other fan bases, especially given that we are a very rare two-team town. Um, thoughts? I'm, I don't necessarily expect the rest of you to be so fired up about this. I'm, I'm an old guy whose embers of fandom may be burning out. So, hey, listen, just let me swing as I go down. But, uh, you know, thoughts on that? Because I do think there's something to that. And I think that does connect to some of the, the familial connection we have at the site and under this fandom. I think so. Like, I know Sox fans always, we have, we have a chip on our shoulder about the relative anonymity and the uh, how we're ignored by the national media. But we've gotten a lot of national media coverage this year, and it fucking <laughs> like it. You're right; it's an embarrassment. Like people are talking about the White Sox as a joke of a franchise, and normally it's just hey, that franchise that no one pays attention to, which still had like a veneer of cool. There were still people like cool people recognized that the Sox were the cooler team in town. It was better to root for them. It was less, yeah. you know, however you want to define authentic. You know, that even if that can be annoying, it still felt cool. It still felt like. Yeah, maybe people are in, you know, jorts playing jarts in the parking lot. But, like, that's sort of a White Sox thing. It's fine. Um, and that's sort of our family. And now it is. Like, there's a, this kind of uh, cloak of shame around it. Like, and it, it's, it's annoying. And we don't, have a, we don't have a hook on which to hang our hat at this point. And that can be extremely frustrating. Like, there's, there's just nothing good or, you know, except for that it is a family that we do feel, you know, there's a few hundred thousand, you know, I don't know how many hundred thousand fans there are. It's not tens of millions across the country, but that makes it feel better. And that's, but that's kind of all we have. And when you get to the point where everyone, is, you circle the wagons and you start to get more insular and that leads to weirdness and that can lead to people acting strange and uh, lashing out in ways that we maybe shouldn't. And so it is getting, yeah, it's getting uncomfortable to be a fan. I don't have a, a way with which to wrap up this point. So I'm going to turn over to, let's say, <laughs> Melissa. <Brian>. Tag. <laughs> um, so I think as fans of any team, I think we tend to get a little like uh, self-absorbed into our own teams because what I, I've been trying to do lately is like, yeah, it sucks being White Sox fan, but also sucks being a Yankees fan. It sucks being an Angels fan. It sucks being a Mets fan. Like there's a lot of crapola going on in other organizations too. And because we are so absorbed in it every day and we're so passionate about it, like I think we get a little, I don't know. I don't think it's as bad as we, th I don't think it's as bad as we think it is. Like it's bad, <laughs> but it's bad in other places too. So I'm going to defend, like, I'm going to defend us because we have Luis Robert Jr. And he's good enough to defend. Um, I, I just, I, I think that there's, if you pull back the curtains in other places, there are enough crap in, in other orgs that we're not like the laughing stock. At times, I'm sure we are, but there's plenty of others who are getting laughed at as well. So, 
I mean, this this season is kind of like the compounding outlier of negative and embarrassing things that just like the, the shit pile keeps getting higher until we're at the point where it's like we're debating whether somebody snuck a gun into the stadium in their fat flats. Like, like does that happen in other organizations? Like, it's it just I love I, I love the White Sox and I hate them, but I love them. <laughs> And I love our community and I will defend our fans. And I, you know, there's a chip on our shoulder because we've all like our entire lifetimes, we've been the underdogs uh, in our own town. Um, but this org just makes it hard sometimes. And like, yeah, the Mets flopped, but are we hearing about, I don't know. I'm stuck on the fat top story because it's just so damn implausible. Are we hearing like, mega embarrassing things like that out of the Mets or the, like the angels are a catastrophe, but we're not hearing about them hiring Chris freaking gets like and dragging the, the corpse of Tony La Russa back and things like that. It's like Jerry Reinsdorf is a special kind of like, screw you. I'm just going to do what I want. Embarrassment. And, and there's no defending that, but you know, our camaraderie of defending our fandom and our team is one thing, but there's no defense of, of Jerry Reinsdorf for just some of the asinine ass backwards things that he's done with his franchise. I think relate <clears throat> relative to what Ryan just said, that's another thing for a long time. People said, Oh, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf broke up the bulls or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you'll listen, or he, 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 he was behind the strike. He, he stole a world series from the white Sox in, in uh, 1992. Four, nine, three, nine, four, whatever. Uh, there's no debate there either. You cannot defend Jerry Reinsdorf. Okay, those I flags fly forever, I guess, but you can't defend Jerry Reinsdorf any longer. Not after mistake after mistake after mistake after middle finger after middle finger after middle finger. Even the fact that I can't even defend my team. I hate that that's been stolen from me. And, you know, Melissa, I love your perspective on it, but boy, I'm just... I'm just not there. It's it. They've. I've really feel robbed more. Even though we've been leading toward this, this has been a topic on a number of podcasts, right? Hey, where's your fandom at? Where's the vibe check? How are we feeling? Hey, Tony Russo is here. Tony Russo is gone. What's going on? And this is darker and deeper and, and more suffocating than it's been. And it's it's tough to know where the air, pocket of air has come from. That said, um, you know, other feelings about you know, I mean, maybe, maybe some of the tribalism of of of, of the fandom. So I want to, I'm sorry. If oh, you, you can go ahead. Okay. I just wanted to like kind of double down on what Ryan said, because I think that's a very good point. Because I, especially in the 2023 season, I can't defend the Chicago White Sox. They are indefensible, um, both with um, on-field play and off-field shenanigans. But what I will, the hill I lie on <laughs> is to defend our fan base. Um, again, especially just, there's so much dark in the world. You don't need to add to it. If like, if it was another team that was down and like you and Paul Sullivan feels the need to like run into the section to like dance on our graves, fuck off. First of all, <laughs> you know, and like what, what kind of like, just be a decent fucking human being, you know? And like, I don't know how to explain just in general. I don't know how to explain to you that you need to care about, how other people feel. Um, but like, just like, 
be a fucking decent human. Like you can like make fun of the team and that's fair. I'll join you. They're, they're dog shit. I will join mm-hmm. you in making fun of the team. But like some of the comments that I saw, and I know that like, there's no room for nuance on Twitter or X or whatever, but I mean, the, the comments that I saw after that event on Friday, just, I was ready to hide some, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was ready to punch some people. I just like, yeah. can you, can you, can you find it in you to not be an asshole? You know, that, that's my thing. I, I will not defend the team because they can't be defended, especially not this season, but I will defend our fan base. Yeah. Get out of section 162, you piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. decent human being. That ship has sailed on on Sully, I'm afraid. And unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of the media, it's it's easy, it's lazy. And up until maybe even this year, we were able to call it out that way. And now I, I feel like that defense has been taken from us. And and you're right, it's a great distinction, Jackie and others who made it where it's like, listen, you know, the people, our colleagues, our 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 peers in fandom. You know, that's that's a different thing. But, you know, to me, I always that's sort of a given for me. I, we know who we're riding with already. I'm always setting my sights to <clears throat> to the pot shots out there. And it's just oh, when our the, the shield's been taken from us. And this is I've we've not experienced this before. And and when it's the team taking it, this is an ESPN saying, hey, 2005 doesn't exist. Or Paul Sullivan reporting on, you know, whatever the hell, or whining or crying about something. That's not what this is. This is the team itself. You just emperor's new clothes. And I, this, this is a new territory. Yeah. I, for the baseball operations specifically, um, I, I think I'm roughly on the same page as Melissa in that there are some organizations that have been a bit more disappointing this season. Um, I mean, the, hopes for the White Sox this year weren't exactly sky high. I mean, no one thought that they would be this bad, but um, yeah, I could, I absolutely, I'm on the same page there in that, like, you know, in theory, yeah, they absolutely could have been more disappointing from a baseball perspective. And in, in the future, like, you know, them having a potentially even worse front office, like it's, I'm kind of numb to that possibility because we've experienced and rooted for this team throughout the, you know, Han era for all this time. So like, yeah, it's, I'm not insanely upset in that not much is changing. Like it was already pretty bad. The stuff that kind of puts me over the edge a little bit is like the off the field um, stuff. Um, Like some, something, yeah, like it's been touched on, but like that mystery in section 162 like why is that happening what like i i have no explanation like that is not something that you could anticipate really happening ever in a major league baseball stadium and it's yeah it's still a mystery as to how exactly it all transpired um yeah it's generally and that's that's just the latest event there's been kind of a parade of off the field, you know, non-baseball related activities that have brought attention to the White Sox on a national scale that have made the organization look look bad. So it's, for me, it's kind of like, that's what, what kind of puts me over the edge as far as like, you know, this is actually a unique 
bad situation right now. I want to get to um, Malachi in a second, but I just want to insert one more thing as we wind this up. And it goes back to Getz, because I definitely, I specifically want to hear from him on this. It, it goes back to Getz. It goes back to the fact that this is now just being reported again, although I want to say Hamster had a story out in 2019 about this. We have not relented on the fact that Getz had not, he did not have nothing to say about Omar Vizquel. He decided he needed to powder Omar Vizquel's ass out the door. He could have said nothing. He chose not to say nothing. He chose to actually make it sound like Omar Vizquel, whose record with the White Sox was a very strong one season. Then he had those horrible interviews with teams like the Angels where he didn't know what analytics were. Uh, and then he had a terrible season in um, his next minor league season. And then he was dismissed for reasons at the time we did not know. Of course, we know now. Specifically, the White Sox themselves, very high up communications people, came down on me, in my opinion, in my writing on this article, trying to make themselves out to be innocent in all of this. And we know now, we knew then, and we know now they are not. The idea that we have to keep going back and forth with this team about things that should not be in dispute, the fact that this team can never admit, they can never take an L about anything. They're not taking an L about the fact that somebody, apparently, again, we still don't know the story, brought a gun into the ballpark that went off, that there is literally no topic that the White Sox can take an L on is incredibly downpressing to me. And the fact specifically now, the person being hired and being by some degree rewarded for behavior that was awful Years ago, forget even the track record, which is also, by the way, sorry, Project Birmingham, awful, uh, it is very daunting to me. And, and Malachi, I'd like to kick it to you to at least begin maybe a, a final round to discuss specific Chris Getz as the person in charge of this team. We have lamented, we have donated, we, do, we have not even named the starting pitcher who has played on this team all year long. And this just see, this actually seems like a worse decision even than that. This is rewarding this type of behavior. It tells me nothing's going to change about this team. It tells me that Redacted is probably coming back for 2024, and it's disgusting. And I just specifically the fact that several of you are rallying to try to see sunshine and so forth, and again, I don't want to just – I don't want to be the Grinch, so I'm going to just stand down here. But it's just there's some of the stuff that is hard to climb over. Malky, I'd like you to kick off in just terms of specifically hiring Chris Getz on a number of levels is horrible. I think I outlined several of them. Um, <clears throat> are you just waiting them out to your attitude more than I think anybody's was sort of like, you know what? My phantom's stronger than this. I'm going to jut my chin out even further and you are not going to make me not a White Sox fan. And I admire that. But. This cannot be easy when you hear this news uh, likely on Thursday. No, and I, I would, I, I think we should note to put it in even stronger terms that you just did. It's not just that he praised Omar Vizquel out the door; is that he abjectly lied about yeah. the reasons for dismissal. Yeah. You know, he could have left it vague. He could have said yeah. if it was some kind of, I don't remember what the exact quote was, but essentially that they they framed it as a mutual decision that was more philosophically based than anything else. We obviously know that is not true. And the fact that he, uh, even to this point, hasn't been pressed on it is, is heinous. And even all that stuff aside from the pure baseball standpoint. Can I, can I just interject Malachi, as long as you brought it up, this is Merkin's quote from Getz. Listen, Omar, ultra talented player. 
very good instructor, created a good environment for our players. We just felt with where things were at, our player development system, it was time to go separate ways. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but specifically the quote. And that is so incredibly disingenuous. And the fact that he hasn't been pressed on it to this point is, like I said, heinous. And the fact that he probably won't be is uh, equally so. And even that aside, you know, he's just incredibly, he's probably the most underqualified GM in baseball by a long shot. He has no history in baseball operations. He, um, to my understanding, hasn't worked for another team. He got essentially fast-tracked to the top of the White Sox front office due to his relationship to the owner and prior relationship to the front office. He has failed pretty abjectly as farm director. Uh, the record speaks for itself. They're both player development and the actual wins and losses. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to sit through that. And that's what I mean when I say I'm not going to be shouting my right White Sox fandom from the rooftops. <laughs> I'm not going to necessarily be, you know, being for me, for me, being a fan doesn't mean cheering their every move and getting up and down with everything they do. It means having some level invested in them and, you know, following them yeah. and, being interested in what they do and I'll be happy um, to an extent when they win, if the people involved aren't, you know, uh, utterly horrible. Um, but it's not something that I feel like, you know, has to, it seems weird to say, but like me being a fan of the team doesn't mean I need to feel positively about the team. You know, I, I don't yeah. find personally a conflict between being a fan and being disgusted with, the team that you're a fan of and um and still you know being invested to a level in what they're doing even if you don't necessarily have the kind of i'm riding high with them and i'm sinking low with them that we kind of maybe typically associate it with um so that's my two-pronged answer to that there that's funny you say that too malachi because because when when um when i was on the beat I would get criticism for being a White Sox fan. I was the only one who was a White Sox fan. Um, since then, um, Fegan, obviously, uh, what well, not on the beat anymore, but uh, was a White Sox fan and so forth. Um, and, you know, I just tell everybody, you think that makes me inclined to root for the White Sox? I'm way harder on the White Sox because I'm a White Sox fan. And, you know, and, and I think that speaks to what um, you're saying, Malachi. Um, uh, yeah, okay, um, get specific. Um, that's Chicago Sky uh, fan, Malachi Hayes, right there, folks. Uh, okay, uh, Rescues, get specific because this is tough. This is a tough hurdle to get over because this is a, I mean, you know, I mean, you can say what you want about you know, Clevenger, La Russa, uh, the fact that Jerry won't die, whatever. This, I would argue, is the brashest uh, double bird that we've gotten from uh, the White Sox front office. And I, I'm frightened to see what comes next after this. But, I mean, I'd say this is as daunting as, as it's been indigestion for the rest of you? Yeah, Malachi hit the nail on the head with that, the least qualified GM in baseball. Like, I remember when I heard that he was promoted to, you know, head of player development. It's like, wait, the same person <laughs> wasn't very good at baseball? Like, where the hell did he come from? Like, I yeah. didn't hear anything of any other jobs. It's not like someone who rose through the ranks. It's basically uh, some person who hasn't, you know, held office or done anything. It's like, I should be president. You know, it's just that kind of underqualified nonsense that people just say, like, well, I should get the top job immediately without any anything else. And that's the way the White Sox are run. And that's the way they've always been run. And it just doesn't make any sense. It's one of those things like, how is Chris Getz suddenly going to become the head of White Sox baseball? Like, the guy who makes all the decisions like you. It's, it's staggering. And, yeah, that's it, I don't know. It blows my mind. And it's just the way that. uh 
we do things. And you're right, this is the brashest thing they've done. It just, you couldn't pick something else. It just says, we're not going to listen. We're just going to do things the Jerry way. It's the perfect encapsulation in the last 40 years. You know what Chris Guess's qualifications are? He spent time in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he's, I, un- I, and he's unemployable elsewhere. Elsewhere, I mean, he is—he is a familiar face in the organization, and we know Jerry was never going to hire somebody from the outside that would tell him how messed up, how fucked up. There, I'll say it. His organization is ass backwards from the top down. He—he just—he wasn't going to like. He's eighty-seven. He's—he's not going to—he's not going to hire a real president of baseball operations that would actually change things. A thought that popped into my head, and maybe this is just my own wishful thinking, is that like, Guess is being hired because he's familiar, but it's his show until the sale. Like, maybe Jerry, maybe like, the last shred of hope that I'm I'm clinging to is that maybe, just maybe, he is he is the stand-in until the sale, and and like things behind the scenes are going on. And no, like no qualified person is going to come here and, and take the job. Like it lame dust that lame duck status. That like you might have a new owner in three, four, or five years. That's the that's the only thing. Hey, come on, come on. I'm trying to be optimistic here, Brett. I was be, expecting like three, four I mean, months, <laughs> three, four years. Oh no! I mean, come on, come on. It's it's. It's not. It's like selling a team is not an easy process, and especially for for Jr. who doesn't even own the whole entire thing. Like, no, he doesn't. The ownership group is so messy that it, it, it would take yeah. lawyers and lawyers and lawyers to sort sort it all out. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm expecting I'm expecting guests to be named these the executive. Like, he's going to be named to Han's job. There's going to be no KW. He's going to be the sole decision maker, and that's that. Like. I'm expecting that tomorrow, and yeah. you know, God along help with, us. Not ex- not existent. God help us. Yeah, along with porn guy. Don't don't forget there is a Kenny Williams in this, and it's Dayton Moore. And Upgrade. Consultant. Consultant. So let me touch on that. So first of all, if Chris Getz was any good, he would have been poached by now, mm-hmm. right? He Even Rick Hahn was almost poached way back in the day. So he's measures worse than even Rick Hahn was. Yes. Sorry. Right. But I, that's okay. But I'm bothered less by the um, piss poor baseball aspect of it um, than I am by, like you mentioned, Brett, just like the, the slap in the face that comes from things like that quote to Scott Merkin, you know, was it Merck with the quote? I'm sorry. Yep. Merck. Okay. Um, and then, like, to add Dayton Moore under this, like, facade of morality or ethics, um, you know, fuck off. Oh. Fuck off. That's it. Yeah, that well said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I don't think we can get anybody with scruples to come here. So that might be the reality of it, too. Like... We could try to find somebody, but really, who who wants to come to this dumpster fire? I mean, who there's has- people like hired from fan graphs. I mean, I've heard that repeated, and I get it, and we're major market and all. But I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I know it's not like, well, I'm available. Okay, I get it. But I mean, they're, they're and I know we don't necessarily want a newbie who isn't going to necessarily be able to even handle a basic press conference. You know, I, I know that's a that's a 
that's a path that's, you know, wrought with danger as well, but it's certainly no worse than what we've been doing. So this notion that's like, well, no one would want to, anyone with any clue would not want to come here. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I get it. It's worse than ever. And a lot of people would just laugh at the call from the White Sox. Um, it wouldn't be a hundred percent taking the call for sure, but 0%. Well, there may be somebody who wants to come, but they might not be good at all. They mm. might be, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not sure we can draw top talent because we're not going to pay for top talent and we don't have the atmosphere of like, Hey, I want to go there because they're up and coming. So you might get some low life person who's just as equally bad and we'll have to dig up all the crap on them. Need more. That's like, there's a reason why names like that are being floated and not like James Click or, uh, you know, Mike Rizzo staying in, in D.C. Like even even if top talent wanted to come, is 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 this the environment that they're going to thrive in? Like, dude, what is the what is the White Sox reputation amongst baseball executives? I can't imagine it's very good. Yeah, they um, know they're not going to have they're They know they don't have the say anyway so right right there's out of town stupid but there's not that out of town stupid right <laughs> not that much. there's not that level of out of town stupid like baseball executives talk you know all everybody in those ranks they, they have you know it's a it's a it's a small knit group of, of of people who all are running things there's there's no chance in hell that like outside executives don't know exactly how the white Sox work and if and if you actually want to work in baseball and have a future, you're not going to come sign on here. Like Pedro Grafal, he's 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 never managing again. Like Rick Hahn is never getting a GM job again. Chris Getz shouldn't be in line to get a GM job. Dayton Moore should just stay as a special advisor because only a, only ass backwards organizations like the White Sox are going to think, oh, let's bring in Dayton Moore because that's an upgrade. No. There's just 30 jobs. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, any other thoughts about Chris Getz and our relative enthusiasm for this? Uh, I mean, you listen, you've, uh, you know, everybody here has had some positive things to say. I don't, I don't know. It's going to keep me up tonight. Wondering where, whether my stance should change, but I guess in the category of let's just wait until the bad news comes. <laughs> be a fan for one more night one uh, more white Sox. <laughs> this no, is going to be like the end of braveheart they can't take it from <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean listen you know, uh, that... like they can't take my fandom like they can break it they can hurt it they can you know death by a thousand paper cuts but like they don't have the right to take it from me and only I can rescind yeah. that. And like, I love, I love doing this. I like, yes, Brett, you feel guilt for inviting me as miserable. <laughs> I'm having, I'm having fun. This has been one of the, Good. like, or as miserable as this team oh. is doing, doing this and finding interesting things to say is challenging, but mm -hmm. it's, it's also a hell of a lot more fun than just screaming into the void on Twitter. So like, they mm -hmm. can't steal my fandom. They can't steal our fandom. They can't steal our community. And Jerry Reinsdorf, he can go fuck himself for all I care. Like, <laughs> I, White Sox are a part of me, and I'll still be here. What, whenever, whenever he's no longer walking the, the earth, like I'll come, I'll come back and, and reinvest emotionally. In the meantime, yeah. I'm like gonna save my my sanity. Um, but 
no one's taking my my fandom away. Me and you, Ryan, we can tramp the dirt down. We'll find that grave. We'll tramp it down. Uh, look at this superstar panel here. Almost a full Brady grid. We got Super Joseph Reese's going way back. Me and Joe, one of the first guys who came on with me. He's been with us all along. He's in California now. And guess what? He's still with us. He's still doing minors. He's still doing recaps. He's still doing uh, podcast superstar. He's back with us. He's got a connection. He threw away the string and the tin can, and he's back with us. Melissa Sage Bolenbach bringing, bringing the heat in my uh, absence. Uh, superstar in the making. South Side Sox summary, whatever the hell that concept was. She has ride it out all year, and I know she's regretting it. Uh, but she's done a little bit of everything for us. I appreciate that hugely. Malachi Hayes analysis. He does the metrics thing. He does the recap thing. He does the podcast. He, he does it. He pitches. He does everything. I still got to warm up that arm. I still haven't, I haven't seen any footage yet. We need this guy pitching. He's on dugout metrics with us now. So uh, we need to get that arm limbered up. Malachi, but uh, stick with it. Keep jutting that chest. Uh, keep jutting the chest. Keep jutting the chin out. As a White Sox fan, uh, I can't do it, but you can. Ryan, well said. I don't feel so guilty anymore. I'm <laughs> glad you're with us, and I'm glad. And again, done a ton of different stuff for us in a real quick manner. Good vibes, medium vibes, bad vibes, ambivalent vibes, Jackie Kressel, no matter what, it is wonderful to have you with us. It's so nice to see you again, and thank you for hopping on and doing a little bit of writing as well in this miserable season. It would have been easy for you just to punt it, and I'm glad you haven't. I'm glad you're here with us. Thank you for being here. And Brian O'Neill, oh my goodness, the most eloquent of our columnists. Now he finally gets to just sit back and never preview a series ever again because he only did like 86 of them well, i guess it was just 29 or so but uh, all of those are very entertaining his well, i don't know he's got a column like coming out i don't know along with this podcast or maybe in another day or so uh it's gonna be great read it come on read he it just he's a gift who keeps on giving even when he says like don't hate the cops <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to read that one uh, okay listen uh great group with me here I guess we'll do another podcast. I don't know. I'll, we'll do one at some point. Will I do it? Well, I don't know. I guess if there's copy to read, we got to make that 25 bucks. Fans First Sports Network, you can get four free tickets to week one. Go enter the contest. You could win football tickets. Isn't that exciting? All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, reading, whatever it is you're doing. I can't believe you're still with us. Thanks for being with us. Because otherwise, we would just be lonely. We'd just be talking to ourselves. We might be doing that anyway. Who knows? But I'm sure those numbers are going to just crank and kick ass for fans for Sport Work, Sports Network. Uh, thank you. On behalf of my six guests, we'll be back with you. I don't know if it's sooner than you expect us, but likely, given the fact that we probably should do no more podcasts all season, we'll be back sooner than you're ready for us. <laughs>